Welcome to the Hope Unlimited Church podcast. We are so honored to connect with you, and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Uh, before I get started this morning, um, I've got to give honor where honors do, and our pastors, Pastor Casey and Lindsey Doss, are the greatest pastors in the world. Uh, I would not rather be in any place in the entire world than serving here at Hope Unlimited Church under their leadership, under under their just like character. You know, when you look for leaders, like any, there's a lot of people who are gifted, but as gifted as our pastor as our pastors are, their character far exceeds that. And those are the people that you want to follow. Those are the people that you want to get close to. Those are the people that you want pouring into your life. And I would not rather be in any place on planet Earth than in Knoxville, Tennessee, at Hope Unlimited Church, serving under the leadership of Pastor Casey and Lindsey Doss. I know they're not here this morning, but Hope Unlimited, can we give it up for our pastors this morning? Pastor Casey's been texting me um, because the Auburn... Auburn lost yesterday and Alabama won and he's an Alabama fan, whatever. Um, and so I'm going to need y'all to pray for me so I don't have to take out any harassment charges or because it could get bad. Anyways, we're a terrible establishment at Auburn, so we deserve it, I guess. But yeah, that's what I've been, that's, that's the only comment that I've had is he'll, he'll send something, I'll just send back, we're a terrible establishment. I don't care. Right. Even though it like, grieves me. Didn't sleep well last night because of it, but it's fine. Um, Well, happy late Thanksgiving. Merry early Christmas. Praise God. I'm so, I'm so, see, this is what I, I, one thing that I love about Hope Unlimited Church is we have little, little mini like church wars and it's like, should you decorate for Christmas then or should you not decorate for Christmas and how dare you disrespect Thanksgiving and all that and it's like well I don't disrespect Thanksgiving I partake but I like to do it looking at a Christmas tree so whatever you know and so um, this morning I feel like I have a word from God for you and uh, you know if you want to this morning they're going to throw the the verse up on the screen that I'm going to use this morning Uh, James chapter 1 verse 5 I'm going to read one verse to you should probably get my Bible pulled up here. Yeah, that's right, Amelia. If you ever need, like, rebuked from, what, have you ever witnessed someone get rebuked while they're on stage preaching? You ever seen that? That's what Amelia does to me while I preach. Like, she, she, she rebukes me while I'm up here, and I, she's like, yeah, get it together. Yeah, it is important. One verse, one verse this morning, James chapter 1, Verse 5, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you, and he will not rebuke you for asking. Thank God. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you, and he will not rebuke you for asking. Be honest, I really don't even like that version, so we've got to get a version that has a little here it is. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all generously, 
and without reproach. And it will be given to him. It will be given to him. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. And it will be given to him. Amen. Jansen, you're good this morning. Everybody give it up for Pastor Jay on the piano this morning. Yeah, I guess for the rest of my life, I want Jansen on the keyboard uh, playing behind me when I'm getting ready to transition. This makes it so much easier. Yeah. Except that one time that you, you messed up pretty bad. You remember that? Yeah, but it's okay. It's okay. He's, he's anointed. Um, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, and he will give it to you. And he will not rebuke you for asking. Um, so in the spirit of Thanksgiving and Christmas, uh, y'all know what we do in the South at Thanksgiving and Christmas. We tell stories that may or may not be true. Right at the table. That's what we do. We tell stories. We exaggerate about the deer that we've killed and all the other stuff that we've experienced throughout the year. In the spirit of Thanksgiving and Christmas, I've got to tell you a little story about something that happened to me when I was fourth grade, maybe fourth grade, and it was Thanksgiving break. And so I grew up in this, when I was a child, eight years old, I lived in this town by the name of Gatman, Mississippi. I am not exaggerating this story at all when I tell you that the size of that town was the size of this little shopping center that we're in right now. It was small, right? You're looking at, you're looking at a driver and maybe like a three-wood, and you're through the town, right? That's just a golfer. I mean, like, you're, I mean really, though, like, I know people who could run from one city limit sign to the other in under two minutes, probably. And so I, I lived in this town, and, and you know growing up in small town, if you grew up in a small town, there's absolutely nothing to do in towns like that. I remember like the old people were like, I used to go down to the store and buy a Coke for a nickel. And I'm like, cool, man, we don't have a store where I live, so I'm not buying anything. <laughs> and, and it's just like, you know, they would tell these stories. Like, I remember when gas was 10 cents. Like, we don't have a gas station, <laughs> like, so we're not buying any of that here. And I remember there's absolutely nothing to do. So we did have one attraction in the great thriving metropolis of Gatman, Mississippi. We had a river <laughs> that ran through there. And it was not safe to swim in, but we all did anyway, right? With, there, was this, there was this one dirt road that, like you're going on the highway, right? And if you blink, you miss Gatman. But there's one little dirt road that's about a mile down to the river. And there was this man that lived at the top of this road. You had to cross the railroad tracks to get down to the river. And we would always like go down there, and everybody in this town knew everybody, so they felt like that they were their, they were your parents too. And so, like, I can't tell you how many times I got threatened to get whipped by a stranger in Gatman, Mississippi, for going and swimming in the river that had alligators in it, supposedly. And so, like, we would get ready to go down there, and we would just like we would run as fast as we could by his house because he was usually sitting on the porch, and he usually had some comment for us as we were going down there because he knew what we were going to do, and he would always like be waiting when we got back to like check our clothes to see if they were wet or not. <laughs> yeah, he, he was like that. And then he would rebuke us, you know, hey, don't you know that there's alligators in those river that will eat y'all? And I'm like, mm, I don't believe you, right? There's no alligators in this river. I'm eight years old. There's nothing to do. That's all we had to do until one Thanksgiving break, our neighbors 
stepdad got a raise at work. And then he went out and bought two brand new four-wheelers. And so I had a friend, right, who was, who was a neighbor of mine, and he had just got two four-wheelers, and it's Thanksgiving break. And we are ready to ride those things wherever that those little tires will take us. And these weren't these weren't like these weren't small four wheelers. These were like Grizzly four fifties, right? And we are eight years old. And they're like, yeah, I get out there, have a bunch of fun, right? Could have died pretty quickly on those. The only thing about it was it rained that year the entire Thanksgiving break, except for one day. One day it stopped raining. We could come out of the house and stop playing video games and go actually ride the four-wheelers. And I remember my grandpa taking me to ride the four-wheelers. And his best friend in the entire world was the guy who bought the four-wheelers. They had grown up next to each other their entire lives. He had a garden, and then they had their land. They had the four-wheelers there. They had a little place for us to ride. They were, they were super excited that we were going to get to ride four-wheelers. And he, I remember I'm getting ready to... To, to get out of the truck, and he's like, Cole. I was like, yes, sir. He was like, I've got one rule about these four-wheelers. And I was like, okay. He's like, whatever you do, whatever you do, do not get stuck. And I was like, yes, sir. All right, no problem. I won't get stuck. Well, we're eight, right? We don't know what we're doing. We're driving a four-wheeler that is illegal for us to drive, right? It literally says on a little sticker, 16 or under with like a little line through it, right? You cannot drive this or 16 or under. He's like, do not get it stuck. And I was like, yes, sir. So we just began to ride, and we find this little bitty puddle behind one of the buildings that he owned. And we're like, we're going to go through that one because we for sure will not get stuck in that. Well, we went through it like one time, and we didn't get stuck. But it was like so fun because it was just enough water that we could sling mud all over the side of this building. And we were just having an absolute blast. And all of a sudden, we, we like start to notice like every time we do this, the hole is getting deeper, right? And so we just kept doing it. <laughs> like, like, there were, like, we just kept doing it. It's like, there's no way that we're going to get stuck in this little mud puddle. Well, before, the, the, before we knew it, like, this little mud puddle has turned into, like, a giant hole in the ground. And we, like, approach it. <laughs> and I remember this. Like, we're, we're on the floor with us, and we're like, it's a pretty deep hole. <laughs> it's just like, we're eight years old. Like, it's pretty deep. What do you think? You think we can make it through it? I was like, well, yeah, like we have these awesome, huge four-wheelers. Of course we can make it through it. Like it's not going to be a problem. And all of a sudden, like I remember, like (laughs) I remember when the inevitable set in. It's like we looked up at each other. It's like we're stuck. (laughs) Like we are for sure stuck. And I remember just like putting my head down, and I'm like sitting on the four-wheeler in this huge mud hole. And I remember I just like looked up at him, and I was like, what do we do? When we're stuck. It's like, what do we do when we are stuck in a situation that we never wanted to be in? What do we do when we're stuck in something that that clearly isn't what is supposed to happen? What do we do when we're stuck 
in circumstances that we didn't see coming from a mile away. This mud puddle started out as a little bitty mud puddle. We had no idea that we would ever get stuck in that. And I remember, I remember just saying, like I verbalized this, what are we supposed to do now? And it's like, we tried all of these different things. I was like eight years old trying to like twist vines together to make like a pulley as if it would pull a four-wheeler out, right? I was watching YouTube back then. I was watching camping videos back then. Y'all, y'all think this is a new thing, camping videos, my friends. I watch camping videos on YouTube and it's a problem. But I was trying to do everything that I possibly could to get out of this situation that I had just gotten myself into that was the one thing that I wasn't supposed to do. And if I have a pulse on where I feel like our culture is, and when I say culture, I don't mean our, our church culture. I mean our society as a whole. I feel like that we are internally and maybe even subconsciously asking the question, what do I do when I'm stuck? Because I feel like as a, as a culture and a society as a whole, we feel stuck. Surrounding everything that has gone on in 2020, I have talked to people and I know that they feel stuck. I know that I've talked to people who feel stuck in depression, who feel stuck in financial crisis, who feel stuck in anxiety, who are crazily gripped by fear. They don't know what's going to happen next. And they feel stuck. And so look at your neighbor this morning, look them good in the eye, and ask them, what do we do? Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, what do we do when we're stuck? What do we do when we're stuck? And I, you know, I still believe that in the midst of everything that we're stuck in, and maybe you're not stuck, praise God. But if I have a pulse on anything, I've talked to people, right? I listen to our conversations. I listen to what people say. And I can tell you that the vast majority of people feel stuck in something. But I still believe that in the midst of impossible situations, I still believe in the midst of impossible circumstances, We working now? All right. We're back on. I still believe in the midst of financial crisis, impossible circumstances, when things go absolutely wrong and you don't feel like that you can see a way out of what you are currently in, I still believe that the Word of God has answers. I still believe that God can show up and change any situation in the blink of an eye. I believe God still has solutions to problems that we have. And I believe that in His Word there are solutions to problems that we have. And I believe in His Word there are solutions and there are ways that He instructs us to live our lives and structure our lives that will keep us from getting stuck and that will get us unstuck when we get stuck. And so this morning I want to lay out a couple of these things that I've experienced personally in my own life um, of what to do when you're stuck. Y'all know that I read, 
out of James this morning, right? The book of James. Okay. James don't play. I don't know if you've ever read the book of James, but he don't play. He doesn't care, right? He don't care about anybody. He, he would not make it in today's culture probably. He just, he just wouldn't make it. But I just want to get the, t- the toughest one out of the way first. This morning, you guys good with that? What do you do when you're stuck? I believe the first thing that you have to do when you're stuck is you can't listen to people who are stuck too. You can't listen to people who are in the same circumstance as you are in and you think that they have wisdom from God to get you out and if they did, they wouldn't be there with you. Right? And and I believe that a lot of the times we get stuck because we make friends with these people and I'm not saying that you shouldn't make friends. Don't hear me wrong. I'm just saying that they don't have anything to offer you in your current circumstance that could pull you out of it. You need someone with an alternate perspective. Most of the time, people who are sitting in the same seat see the same things. And a lot of times what happens is is when you begin to take advice from people who are stuck too, you begin to dig a deeper hole. And, and, I, and, and so when, when my friend was telling me, he thought that he was telling me exactly what I needed to hear, but he was making the situation all the more worse. And I believe a lot of times what happens is, is we take advice from people that we shouldn't take advice from. We shouldn't listen to people who have never been through something, right? We shouldn't, we shouldn't listen to people who have never come out on the other side of a situation that we are currently in. If, if they didn't make it through, there is something you can learn from them. Don't do what they did, right? You can learn in every situation and in every circumstance. But I want to have people in my life that I listen to who have some wisdom from God that can get me out of circumstances that I am currently facing that I don't want to be facing, that can get me out of situations that I even got myself in. I want to have people in my life that, that, that are like my grandpa who showed up right with his tractor and pulled me out of this hole. I want people in my life who, are, who, who have been in the situation that I have been in but made it through it. I don't want people in my life, I'm not saying in my life, I don't want to be listening to what they have to say if they're in a worse situation than me. Right? That's just like, I know that's super practical, but that's going to help you a lot if you do that. Right? One of the craziest things, one of the craziest things to me, I remember like I, I was about to get married. I was, I was pretty close to getting married. And uh, actually, I was already married. I was already married. And one of my students had a car wreck. They had a bad car wreck. And the guy that they worked for was a super wealthy man, had a lot of money. Lived in Gatman, actually. Owns, like, all of it. <laughs> and it's just a super wealthy man. And he shows up to the hospital. And I'm there checking on my student to be sure that he is alive. And this guy takes the opportunity to inform all of us <laughs> of how much money that he's made in his lifetime. And then he begins to talk about marriage. And I'm just sitting there listening. I haven't said anything. And like, it just hits me all of a sudden. And I said this out of my mouth before I could catch myself. Never good. 
Never good. I just said, sir, how many times have you been married? Because he was saying some questionable things to us about marriage. And he was like, six. And I was like, I am just going to pretend like I didn't hear a thing that he said about marriage. Because it ain't worked out six times, and it's clearly, I can tell you why it ain't worked out six times. Very clear. And I made up the decision that I made the decision in my, in my mind that I'm not going to heed the voice, uh, I'm not going to heed the voice of foolishness in my life. Right? I actually, I actually had to edit that a little bit. I was texting Tom this week, and I was like, hey, Tom. This is what I'm thinking about saying. You think I should edit it? He said, no, I shouldn't. But there is a voice of wisdom, and there is a voice of stupidity. There is a voice of wisdom, and there is a voice that will get you in places that you never want to be in. Shut those voices out of your life. Shut those voices out of your life. If you want to get unstuck from circumstances and situations that you're in, you've got to ignore the voice of foolishness. You've got to ignore the voice of stupidity. Or you'll stay in the circumstance that you're in, that you don't want to be in. Right? Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? It's like people, even well-meaning people, that's, that's what's even scary about it. Even well-meaning people who are your friends want to tell you something that isn't wisdom from God. And it may even seem like good advice in the moment because you don't know what to do. And sometimes any advice sounds like good advice because it's something that you've never heard before. And that isn't true. <laughs> right? Like, like I remember one time, I was actually telling some friends this last night. I broke my arm in the sixth grade or in the fifth grade. And I told my mom, Mom, I broke my arm. And she was like, no, you didn't. And I was like, yes, I did, Mom. <laughs> like, yes, I did. She was like, go over there to, I can't remember her name, but she was a nurse, and she's like, get her to look at your arm. And it's like, uh, she looked at my arm and was like, oh, I don't think it's broke. I think you just strained it. I was like, I broke my arm. Like, I, it's broke. And I heard it pop, right? Like, I felt it snap. It's broke. And I, like, I made up in my mind. I was in the sixth grade, and I remember thinking, like, and no, like, I thank God for nurses. Thank God for all medical health care people. But I made up in my mind that I'm not going to let anybody tell me what is broke or not broke who is not taking an x-ray, <laughs> right? It's like, and that's the way that you, like, they know what they're talking about. You can't just look at my arm and say, oh, I think it's strained, <laughs> right? You don't know. <laughs> and so you need to heed the voice that knows what they're talking about. Right? And so sometimes you need to ignore people. If I, would have, if I would have listened to my mom and this lady, I went three days with a broke arm before she took me to the doctor because they were just so convinced that it wasn't broke. And I was just like, Mom, my arm is broke. And she was just like, it's not. And I was like, yes, it is. And she was like, get in the car. We're going to school. I was like, I am not getting in the car to go anywhere except to the doctor. My arm is broke. Got a whipping for that one, but whatever. Um, with a broke arm, you know. Don't back talk your mother. Um, but you've got to listen to the voices that know what they're talking about. 
And you've got to stop listening to voices that have no idea what they're talking about. And, and, and I don't mean that disrespectful in any way, but you need some people in your life, and I love this, for, you need some people in your life with some gray hair that have been through some things, that have walked through some valleys that you may be walking through, and you need to listen to what they say. Because I can guarantee you, they can tell you one or two things. They can tell you, number one, how you're going to stay there and how you're going to get out. And just like I was stuck, there's some people that you need in your life. When you get in, 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 in situations where you feel bogged down and stuck, you need some people in your life to tell you how to get out. Amen? If you're taking notes this morning, what to do when we get stuck, number one, don't listen to people who are in the same circumstances as you. Number two, you need community. You need community. This is, this is something that uh, you probably heard something like this come off the stage, you know, over the past four or five months. We've been preaching on community here and, and talking about developing a community here. And it's because all of our lives have been changed by community. Probably when we were stuck in something that we needed help getting out of. And, you know, the, the crazy thing about people in community is there are people who believe that they don't need community. And isolation will get you stuck quicker than anything else. You being alone and not telling anybody what you're going through will give you... You will dig the deepest hole that you've ever dug. Being alone is not what you were designed for. Being on an island is not what you were designed for. If I would have been riding that four-wheeler by myself in the fourth grade and I would have got stuck and I didn't have anybody... He had a cell phone. I didn't. Right? He could contact somebody for me that I would have never been able to get a hold of to get me out of my current situation. I would have been worse off if I was alone. Right? Even though that he didn't have all the answers, he had one, and it just happened to be the one that I needed. And a lot of times in community, community, listen, community only solves problems if you let it. Community only fixes issues within you is if you do community right. Right? If you guys just hang out and never talk about anything serious, right? If you just hang out, you know, I don't know, you know, we're just out here hanging around, you know? It's like, that's fun and all. That's fun. But in those moments, relationships are built. That when something isn't right, you, have, you, you trust this person. And you can go confess something to them. James chapter 5, verse 16, probably one of my favorite verses in the Bible, says if you confess what you're going through to one another, you will be healed. You will be healed. Community is the breeding ground for healing. Community is the breeding ground for where people come in broken, hurt, full of shame, full of guilt. Everything that you can go off through that list and name, it is the place where that stuff just gets broken off of people's lives. Never underestimate the power of just going to get dinner with someone. Right? Never under, underestimate the power of just taking someone out for coffee. Never underestimate the power of community. 
Never underestimate someone's ability to walk in your life and change everything. There are people that you need in your life right now that probably walk by you every day. There are people that need you in their life that you probably walk by every day. And, it, and, and I know that it's crazy. I know the world is kind of crazy right now. But there's still ways to, to engage in community. I call people all the time. If I'm at work in my truck by myself, I call people. Right? It's just, I can't, I'm not going to be face-to-face with them all day. Hallelujah. I'm not going to be face-to-face with them all day, but I can give them a phone call. I can interject myself into their world and invite them into mine. And you know, something about community is it doesn't create itself. It doesn't just happen. Relationships are built. Anything that is built takes work. And so, like, community is your responsibility. It's not the person who you're waiting on to invite you somewhere. People get super offended by that stuff. Invite them. Go up to them and say, hey, let's go to dinner on Tuesday. If you can on Tuesday, what time can you go to dinner? I actually, I actually one time, I, I was, I, yeah, dinner, breakfast, lunch, whatever, guys. I get it. Uh, I actually, one time, I decided that I was going to um, be friends with this particular college student in the town that I recently lived in. And I, I, I decided, I was like, I'm going to get this kid to come to my youth group. Right, I, I'm going to be friends with him. And I was like, when do you have time to hang out? And he was like, well, I get up and go to work at 5 every day. I hit the gym at 4, and uh, I, go, I go to work at 5 every day. I was like, all right, that's fine. Where do you go to the gym at? He was like, Anytime Fitness. I had a membership to Anytime Fitness. I was like, I'll see you there at 4 a.m. Community sometimes requires an inconvenience in your life. I also want to let you know that he was going at 4 a.m. an hour away from where I lived. But I decided this kid has so much potential and he needs somebody. There are people that walk by you every day that you have the opportunity to do that with. There are people, there are people who are stuck that need you to pull them out of something. And it may cost you a little bit of inconvenience. It may cost you time. But it'll be worth it. Right? It'll be worth it. I remember after, like, I don't want y'all to think that I was getting up at 3 a.m. and not napping. Right? I don't want y'all to, like, get this, like, I want to be honest with you. Right? Like, after we would work out, I didn't have to be at work till like, 8. So I'm, like, in my car asleep for a while. Right? Shower at the gym. And, you know, go to work. Anyway, so, but community has the power to pull people out of circumstances and situations that they never wanted to be in. And community is our responsibility. Amen? Number three this morning, if you're taking notes, what to do when you're stuck. What to do when you're stuck. Listen to the voice of wisdom. There's a difference between hearing the voice of wisdom 
and listening to the voice of wisdom. There, there are lots of people who hear wise things all the time, but don't listen to them. The Bible actually says that wisdom cries out in the street, making herself available to everyone, looking for someone just to listen. There is a difference between hearing wisdom from God, maybe through someone, or He may speak a word of wisdom to you, and just, and just there's a difference between hearing it and listening to it. Every time that I have listened to the voice of wisdom, I can track back and see that my life is way better because I did. And every time that I have ignored the voice of wisdom, the Bible says this. It says, I will laugh at you in your calamity. And I can see when I ignore the voice of wisdom, I end up in places I don't want to be in. Right? That's like... That's a super simple concept for me. I'm a, I, I, like, I was reading something this morning. Uh, our church is very big. We have a community of people. Um, if you need your Enneagram type, we have a group of people on the front row that will type you real quick. Like right after service, see them. But I was, read, I was reading something about my personality this morning. It was about the five. It's like, be direct with me. Yes, yes. I have never felt more understood in my entire life. Like, I don't need you to tell me a big, like, elaborate reason why you did what you did. Just say, like, I went to the grocery store. Don't say we were out of groceries. We needed a couple lemons. We needed it. Just say you went and bought a bunch of stuff. I don't care. Right? Just be direct with me. And... I think, I think a lot of times when, when we, like, that's a super, concept, super simple concept for me because that, that passage of Scripture in the Bible is very clear. If you listen to the voice of wisdom, your life will be prosperous. If you don't listen to the voice of wisdom, you will wish you did. I'll say probably in my own personal walk with God, there's nothing worse than wishing you would have listened to God when He told you to do something. Like, maybe even, like, it may even be worse than not hearing from Him or missing it. It's when you hear something and, and you know you're supposed to do this and you don't do it anyway, it ain't good. <laughs> it ain't going to be good. Right? And you know what a lot of times that I, I've realized in my own life, especially I, I can look back from the age of about 17 to 19. This is where I learned this lesson. A lot of times, the voice of wisdom from God in your life instructs you to do something that absolutely crushes your pride. It absolutely crushes your pride. And that makes it hard to do. And so a lot of times, the voice of wisdom will instruct you to do the hard things. And you'll ignore it because it's hard. But a lot of times there's breakthrough on the other side. Right? You know like the voice of wisdom, it's like, it's super simple. Like this is a super simple concept that I don't know why I can't just follow. Right? If I eat broccoli and chicken and rice for the rest of my life, I'll lose a bunch of weight, right? <laughs> Super simple. If I continue to eat Cheetos, it ain't going to happen, right? If I continue to indulge in cheese sticks, 
Not going to happen. I love a good cheese stick, right? But if I continue my patterns that I've been doing in my life, nothing's going to change. And if you continue the patterns that you've been doing in whatever circumstance that you are in, nothing's going to change. Like when I was on the four-wheeler, the only thing that I knew to do is like shake it and press the gas. It's like, hope to God I'm going to get out. It's like rock back and forth, tire spinning, right? Nothing changed, so nothing changed. A lot of times listening to the voice of wisdom requires you to change something that you don't want to, right? It requires you to do something that you don't want to do at all. Like, forgive that person that offended you. Let them go, right? Apologize. Yeah, I'm preaching to myself. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't talk in that tone. Right? It requires you. Every time I felt like that wisdom has been offered to me, and when I was stuck, it has been the hardest thing to do. But this is what I've learned. Breakthrough often requires a breaking of you. It doesn't always happen in an altar. It doesn't always happen, happen in just like this fiery service. Sometimes it happens on a Tuesday when you call your parents and forgive them for treating you poorly. Sometimes it happens on a Wednesday when you call that person from high school that you bullied and say, I'm sorry. Sometimes it happens when you do the things that crush you the most. Sometimes getting out of a rut or getting unstuck takes work. And it takes hard work. And if you'll put in the hard work, you won't stay stuck where you're at. You know what? You know what's crazy to me? I, 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 I've had people come up to me and say, Cole, I am battling depression like you wouldn't believe. Please don't get offended when I say this. I don't care if you drink alcohol. I do care if you get drunk, but I don't care if you drink alcohol. But I've had someone come up to me and say, I am battling depression like you wouldn't believe. I'm going to go drink some wine tonight. That's a depressant. Right? Stop doing that. Or, or, or I've had a bad day, like I just, need to, I just need to vent. What you mean is you need to gossip. Stop doing that. Right? I've, had, I've just had a terrible time or, or like I've just been going through something and you may be going through something but continuing, continuing in the same cycle doesn't change anything. Right? There, there are patterns that you have to break in your mind and a lot of times it just comes from digging in His Word. A lot of times it just comes from getting in His Word and letting it wash over your mind, letting it change something in you Letting it do something in you, right? Wisdom cries out in the street. Oftentimes we know the right thing to do, but we don't do the right thing because we believe that our way, we've made up in our minds and in our hearts, we know what to do. 
and your way got you where you're at. (laughs) And it's pride that keeps you stuck. Right? If you're taking notes this morning, last one. Number four, if you want to get unstuck from whatever you're stuck in, never underestimate the power of an encounter with Jesus. I know that I've just given you three points of very practical advice that, I mean, I have, I've, I've learned these lessons on my own. But man, sometimes you may be in a place where none of that's going to work. You need him to show up and just pull you out. Right? I remember when I was stuck, I had exhausted every bit of options. We, in our, in our know-it-all minds as eight-year-old children, we have exhausted our wisdom on how to get out. We've exhausted every bit of knowledge that we've had. And my grandpa comes up, pulls his tractor up there, and just yanks me out of this situation that I'm in. And a lot of times, you need Jesus just to come yank you out of some situations. You need Jesus just to roll up and absolutely yank you out of something that you are stuck in. And a lot of times, you know what, it, it, that gets a little rocky and it gets a little dicey because he may, he may ask you to do some things that crush your pride. But a lot of times, that's what we all need is Jesus to show up because he is the voice of wisdom. He, he, he has all wisdom. If anybody needs wisdom, let him ask God. He's generous. He will give it to you and he won't rebuke you for asking. Thank God. Right? I got myself in this situation, God. I am stupid. I need some wisdom on how to get out. And he doesn't rebuke me. (laughs) Jansen, you can come on up and get on the keys. Never underestimate that. And I don't mean, when I say like an encounter with Jesus, some some of you have been walking with God in this room longer than I have been alive. And I don't mean like the band's playing, it's thumping in here, Pastor Casey has just preached everybody's face off. And it's just like that moment where we all rush down and we get in the altar and pray and cry. I mean like encounters. Like on Monday afternoon. When you're not expecting him to show up. When it's been monotonous in prayer for a couple months. And I just haven't had a real encounter with Jesus by myself in a while. And he just shows up. I'm not talking about the... I'm talking about when everything's quiet. And nobody's around. There's no worship music on. And he shows up. And finds me. In a situation that I put myself in. And pulls me out. Jesus has answers for every place that you're stuck in. The Lord has answers for every place that you feel bogged down. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, And I'll give you rest. I'll remove the burden. 
I'll, I'll pull you out of what you feel like is weighing you down. That's the Jesus that we serve. That's the God that we serve. He is the voice of wisdom for things that we can't fix on our own. So this morning, would you stand to your feet with me just all over the room? He is the voice of wisdom. I thank God for people in my life who sometimes told me things that I didn't really want to hear. You know, those people. <laughs> A lot of times, the reason that why the reason why we despise those people in the moments because of pride. Right? You need those people. You need those people to tell you something that will crush something in you that maybe they even see in themselves or that maybe they saw in themselves and they pulled themselves out. I'm thankful for men in my life. I'm thankful to be here at Hope Unlimited Church. There are, there are men of God at this church. There are fathers in this house. There are people who've been through some stuff that have some wisdom to offer. If you're a young guy at this church, you're looking for a spiritual father I know that terminology is crazy and I don't mean like a spiritual father like you're going to submit everything that you have possibly ever thought of unto me that's not it at all they're going to call you weird if you try to do that um, if you're a young man even if you're a young woman there's some, there's some mothers in this church there's some women who've walked through some stuff and that can help you and can pull you through some situations when you thought that you couldn't get through them. You know, I think what I love about our church so much is we do have a lot of young people here. But we also have some people here that see all of these young people. They see our zeal. They see our passion. And they know that if they can ever just get us to understand some of these, some of this stuff that they have been telling us, some wisdom. When you mix wisdom and zeal, you have a monster, right? That's what I pray every day. I pray these three things every day. God, I want to walk in your anointing. I want to walk in your wisdom. And I want to walk in your power. And I want to walk, walk in your love for other people. I want to walk in your anointing. I want to walk in your wisdom. I want to walk in your power. And I want to walk, I want to fill your heart for humanity. And when you start asking that, when you start praying that, God will start sending people to teach you how to do all that. So this morning, I just want us to lift our hands all over the room. God, we just pray this morning in this room for people who feel like they're stuck. Your word says, if any of us need wisdom, we can ask you and you'll pour it out generously. God, any situation, any circumstance, anything that people are going through this morning, Lord, we just pray that you would give them a word of wisdom. God, you may not give them a word, but you may send them a person. 
Lord, I pray this morning that you would send people into the lives of those who need them the most right now. God, I pray that you would make us overly sensitive to your spirit. That we would feel the tug from people that need us. And Lord, I pray that we would seek out wisdom. I pray that we would seek out your voice. I pray that we would seek out what you have to say to us so that we can go and do for others what you've showed up and done for us. We can be a voice of wisdom when you pull us out of whatever we're walking through. Lord, I pray over this church this morning. I thank you for Hope Unlimited Church. I thank you for our pastors. Thank you for our leaders. Thank you for our church members and our team members. Lord, I pray that we would walk in your favor, your power, your anointing, your wisdom. We want your hand on our people. We want your hand on our people. Lead us and guide us into all truth. Your word says that that's what your spirit does. We want to be led. We want to be guided into all truth. Father, I pray a blessing over every person in this room, that they would be blessed going in, blessed coming out. They would have more than enough. They would lack nothing. And Lord, you would your favor and your anointing would just rest on their life and people would notice. And people would notice. Amen? Amen. Well, hey, thank you guys for being here at Hope Unlimited this morning. We love you. Uh, If you're a first-time guest, hey, don't forget to drop off your card at Guest Central, and we want to give you a free gift. We love you, and we will see you here next Sunday. Be praying about your Christmas offering. We love you. Merry Christmas. Happy Thanksgiving. All the things. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit hopeunlimited.church slash give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.